social conversations. A big welcome to our A-team guest who's graciously agreed to share with us an article that he penned down, Kofi Kwaku, who is an African analyst and a senior research fellow at the Center of Africa, China for the University of Johannesburg. Kofi, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Thanks for having me. So this article that you penned down seems like an article you put in much research into, looking at the South African passport, the document itself. Talk to us about what inspired it before we go into the contents of uh, the article. Yeah, the basic background of it is every time, I mean, one of the most peculiar things that I have noticed, I mean, you could see it with the uh, former French colonies in West Africa or Central Africa. Kofi, I'm going to ask you to just take a quick break. I can't hear you sounding very muffled. I'm going to take you back to Ben. I don't know whether you're too close to your um, mouthpiece on the phone or its network connectivity issues. So let's um, start all over again. Hopefully we'll get a better line. A-teamers, remember you can reach us on 011-714-2006 or you can watch WhatsApp 0614104107. We will put up that video of us dancing in the studio. Patricia Dooley on SAFM. All right, it seems we've got our line sorted out and we'll be able to hear Kofi a bit better. Kofi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you very well. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you and I'm glad that I can. So please start again. What inspired this article, Decolonizing yes. the South African Passport Document? Yeah, for me, it was um, when I first arrived about uh, what, 27 years ago or so in South Africa, the, the peculiar nature of French on the South African passports was that really got me thinking and I asked myself, but wait, South Africa is not a former French colony, right? It's a former British colony. So why is French? And as I asked poignantly at the beginning of the article, What's the point of having French written on the South African passport today? And so, so I've been asking many people, and it, strangely enough, uh, many people have no had no clue. Well, first of all, many South Africans don't own a passport. So I took it up with my student, my graduate students at WITS for many years, and I, I told them to go do their homework. Of course, people don't have the time. And so this year, since nobody came to me and nobody could find that out, I decided, and I knew about it, so I said, let me write about that. That's one of the reasons I wrote about it. But at the heart of what I think is a key to this article is I really want to give prominence to local African languages on their own passport. That's a piece of document that clearly, you know, uh, brings together two things, identity and sovereignty. And the bounds and the link between identity and sovereignty is a language. And no be- no other better language than to your own language, your native language, or indigenous language in, in South Africa. And that's the puzzle I felt needed to be cleared in this article. It's a puzzle that indeed needs to be sorted out. It's one thing I never noticed, or not noticed, but paid much attention to. But when I travel, I obviously look at my passport, 
Um, but I've, it never occurred to me that why is there French alongside English? What is the significance of it? But this is clearly something that uh, came about many years ago. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the 1920s um, when uh, General Jan Smuts and Louis Botha, um, you know, went and represented South Africa in the Union of South Africa, well, 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 represented them in the um, some covenant league of nations. Explain to us, why are we still in the year 2022? We are no longer colonized. Well, we we have a democratic country. Why are we still going ahead with these laws and regulations that don't serve much purpose? Literally, this question should be asked to, uh, you know, Haran Moswaledi and then uh, Naledi Pando, because they're the ones really that are at the heart of this, because this document or this piece of power that's in our hands, both identity and sovereignty, is designed to project South African identity, South African languages, and South African sovereignty. And the anachronism, as I say, this is a linguistic puzzle that is still in the South African passport. I know, you know, many people are asking, but even if we, we, we take it away, what does that do? Does it get us to be important or less important? That's not the debate. <laughs> we can do, we can look at the, the geopolitical and economic logic later. But what is really important, I think, to answer your question, is that two, uh, two, two key things. The first one is a functional issue that when the designers of these passports uh, put it together early on, I think in 2009 or a little bit before, uh, they've kept that. But one of the interesting things is before that it was in Afrikaans. But now you have two languages on the cover of the passport. First, English on top. And then below it, you have French. Now, keeping French, to me, it's a functional thing since the 1920 uh, meeting in Paris that decided and uh, 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 devised the system, the size of the passport, and anything else for a passport to be international. But for goodness sake, that was a hundred years ago, a century ago. We don't need that. And so my point was that saying, right we need to, I'm calling up for a, a decolonization of the South African passport to free from the cultural bondage and occupation of these two European languages, if at all possible, but most important, take away French and find another black African language to put there. Look, in South Africa, we've got uh, 12 official languages if we are going to include sign language, right? So one might say, then, which language do we choose as South Africans? Or should we choose something that is more representative of the continent? Because we might want to promote trade since we've got the inter- um, Africa continent trade agreement going on, maybe put Swahili, or, uh, or are we choosing uh, Chivenda, or are we choosing Tsonga, are we choosing Isizul? How would we choose? Well, that's going to be up to South Africa to decide this. And to me, I think choosing a language shouldn't be a complicated thing. And in, in every time I look around and there's this difficult choice to pick a language in South Africa. And as I said in one of the interviews uh, this week, you know, I, I was just always shocked and surprised to see, even from Nelson Mandela to President Becky to President Jacob Zuma to even today President Cyril Ramaphosa, None of them uses a, 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 a South African indigenous language. I mean, it would have been fantastic. I was watching the uh, the BRICS uh, summit, Brazil, 
Russia, India, uh, uh, China, and then South Africa. And all of them, all the heads, starting from China, uh, President Xi Jinping opened the, the summit to uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin speaking Russian, and then Xi Jinping speaking Mandarin. And then, of course, uh, uh, I think um, the uh, Indian president, I think he's expressed himself in, in English. And then, of course, President Ramaphosa in English. And there is some, some kind of quirkiness to it for me. You know, if he could use his own language, it would be so powerful. And so far, it hasn't been done. So how do you claim that kind of identity and sovereignty? Somebody must pick a South African language, the debate on which one to pick. It shouldn't be a difficult issue. I know I'm putting the cats among the pigeons, but that's the point I'm making. Something that looks like African language must be on there. All right. Something must be on there, and yes. we don't have to have a huge debate about it. <laughs> <laughs> but who are the powers uh, that be who have the authority to make this change? Because before the Paris conference that we're speaking about, this covenant of the League of Nations, before it happened, mm. there were no internationally yeah. agreed standards for a passport. And now they are. Um, yeah. And here we are many years later, still going ahead with this particular Paris conference that happened in 1920. Why is yeah. there no one and who is the person who's supposed to make this change in South Africa? No, I mean, they have their reason. I mean, the logical, functional, as I say, there's three elements, uh, four, in fact. The first one is the functional, second one the symbolic, and then the third one is economic, and the fourth is geopolitical logic behind it. So far, they have a point to stick on the functional side. The passport, um, you know, it doesn't matter really. We're just by, abiding by the 1920s regulation by this Paris uh, meeting, you know, that was sort of shaped all those passports and so forth. But to me, it's a lazy approach to go into doing this. Symbolically, it is important that the identity and the sovereignty in South Africa must be if you want, articulated in the language that's our own here. You know, having French on there, I have nothing against the French, but I asked a question again in my article to say, would the French want to see Isizuru or Isitosa on their passports? You know, would South Africans want to see Mandarin written on their passport? What would they say? And these are simple questions, but powerful, to get people to think about small things, that do matter. You know, I was telling uh, somebody else at the interview that, you know, one of the things some of us who write these kind of articles do is to take a careful observation about small things. And he said, well, but that is a small thing. It's not as important. People are now struggling with petrol mining, you know, basic Maslow hierarchy of, uh, of needs, food, shelter, inflation, Buying petrol. Kofi, you're just giving us a hard time about changing, uh, you know, the language on the South African passport. I said, no, this is a serious issue. It is a serious issue indeed, especially when we're saying we, we want to be proudly South African. We need to do so in everything that we, we, we possess as a continent. But indeed. one might want to argue and say, look, Every country's uh, passport has a reputation of sorts. There are countries that will gladly 
and quickly accept uh, South African passports. I don't know whether it's because of the French and the English being there, um, and then the fact that it's not it's a course and and isn't I'm not sure what the reasoning is, but I understand that there's some rating criteria when it comes to passports and the countries they come from. Should we remove the French? Will it at all impact negatively on um, the reputation of the South African passport? Not at all. There are plenty of other passports that don't have French on it. That's as simple as it is. So that that just linguistic logic is in the favor of South Africa. It's not like if South Africa were to remove French, the UN will send troops here to invade the country, or we're going to lose investment, <laughs> right? You know, this is exactly the point. To me, it's seemingly simple to take it away. Of course, it's got a cost. It'll take some you know, printing or whatever it is. But in the long run, in fact, with new technologies, passport won't be analog, which means there won't be paper. There could be some kind of electronic uh, uh, documents or something very simple to have. But for now, we're stuck with the paper and the representation and the validation of the language on that paper must favor the identity and the sovereignty of South Africans. And to do that, one indigenous African language in South Africa must be put there. That's the case I'm making. Anybody who wants to debate with me can still debate, but what I'm saying is we need to have that language. Which one it is, South Africans going to have to decide. And I suggested again that could be uh, uh, the, the process could be curated by the uh, um, Minister in the, in the International Relations, Melody Pando, or Home Affairs Minister, uh, uh, Moswaledi. That shouldn't be a difficult thing. It's a small thing I'm asking. <laughs> That's okay, A-teamers, we, we, before we wrap up this conversation, I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts, right? Do you feel that this is something that is quite important? It would be significant for us? Or are you on the side that says, look, it's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter what language is on the passport as long as you can utilize that passport. Look, for me, after reading uh, Kofi's article, I realized that our passports are just like our flags. We changed our flags. We changed street names because we wanted to be more authentic to who we are. So l- let's make this change. That's where I stand, if mm-hmm. there is any way. So I advocate behind yeah. you, Kofi, um, that this should be done. But yeah, I want to hear from our yeah, A-team. Exactly. Yeah, so, so, so this is the power of the authenticity of the symbol, the flag or anything else. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. Let me hear from our A-teamers. I think uh, they would like to also give us uh, their thoughts on the 011-714-2006 or even on our SMS line 41391. Um, you can also send a WhatsApp on 614 um, I've got uh, A-teamer Ring on the line. Ring, good evening, A-teamer. What's your question or comment? Ma? Good evening, Kitlaring. Good evening to you and your guests. All right, Kitlaring, you've got your, your radio on, so we are echoing, you are hearing us late. Can you kindly switch it off? I switched the radio off, maybe right. it's because I'm driving. Aha, I hope you're on a hands-free set. I really do hope so. Um, we want you to be safe. What's your question or your comment? My comment is this, that passport is not used internally. It's used, and we have in many other countries. I mean, it's used only for other countries, foreign countries. 
And even in Africa, we have those countries which are using French. So isn't it the purpose that when we visit other countries, it will get help easier when our hosts will be looking at our passport and understanding that this is a passport. I mean, if anyone has to take so much pain to, to, to criticize friends and leaving Africans going along with English in South African, everything, examination, question papers, everything has Africans alongside. But and Africans I, I, is I, an official language in South Africa. It is. So we're not questioning but, the language that is French, but we're questioning the fact that French does not represent um, our uh, colonizers. It's not a language we speak in South Africa. So, yes, it's for international purposes, but then we might as well have German and Portuguese and Spanish and Mandarin using your argument right now. Yes, that I understand, but I can you also understand that French, we visit French-speaking countries as well. Doesn't that make it easier for us to be easily hosted? Okay. Okay, I hear you loud and clearly. So you wouldn't push for this motion of removing French and maybe putting uh, your language, Sitswana, if that's what you speak? No, I, I, I'm staying with French or any other foreign language, especially those that have economic significance to South Africa. Because if we travel around with a passport in Setswana or in, in Zulu, well, I'm not despising my language, but how will it help me when I arrive at a country where I have to explain through the interpreter that this is my passport? Because it's written in English and they don't do English, and it's also written in Setswana, which is my language. You know, um, 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 uh, I, I hear you and I, um, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm going to disagree, my A-team. I disagree fully. There are people who are economically viable who come from China and speak Mandarin. They come with translators. They've got businesses all over the African continent. Their passports, they are in Mandarin. They are, you know, and English, some of it. And, and, and here, here you are with English and Mandarin, but we accept you into South Africa. You can still do business even if you can't speak the language why can we not have one of our languages i disagree i thank you very much for joining in let me allow coffee to weigh and in i on disagree you. as much as you disagree also and thank you well, thank you very much, Kitlaring, for calling in. Look, for me, I'm going to use the Zulu saying, Africa. It is still far for us to reach where we want to go. Um, that's just my thinking. Um, because we need to proudly own who we are, like the Chinese did. Being economically viable does not depend on the language you speak necessarily. But yes, we must be able to communicate, but it depends on who, how authentic you are to yourself. Kofi, please weigh in on this. I was hearing you giggle there in the background. <laughs> I mean, as you know, I already agree with you. There is, I mean, I hate I, I to be a bit patronizing, but we must understand the value of these things. And we continuously retreat in front of most of these dominant languages. You know, of course, we are now today the product of these languages, all of us, English, French, Portuguese, mainly European languages that have colonized the continent and they've also colonized the rest of the world. 
And people are trying to claim a space, a territory of identity that is their own, that can't be denied. And usually that sovereignty is expressed through language, by and large. So you, you will hear that. I mean, there will be all, not just um, skeptical, but uh, cynicists who would say, no, but we have 12 languages. Which one we're going to have to choose? It's going to be difficult. And we're continuously wasting time and retreating. And people are moving in the world. So by the time we realize that we should have decided to do something, pick a language, or you can do a rotation. There's nothing that stops having uh, maybe this year it's Zulu, and then the next year it's Kosa, and people will pay for this. It's, it's not a big deal. We're just showing the richness of the languages of South Africa. That's the point I'm making. And we shouldn't be lazy to say, no, well... Uh, they, they don't understand our language. I mean, for goodness sake, how do we understand their languages? Yeah, yeah. How do we do business with them? And they are not able to speak the, our languages. Uh, well, let me allow another Atima to weigh in on this one. Vuiswa is on the line. Atima Vuiswa, good evening. Hey, hey, good evening, Patricia. How are you? And you guess there. I'm strong and I'm no, glad I that you've know. called. I'm very glad that you've yeah. called because I know exactly <laughs> where you are coming from. <laughs> You know, exactly, yeah, for me, I don't think this is a, a priority. I mean, uh, white people have been in African countries for ages, you know, for, I mean, for, for, for quite a long time, and they can't even speak one vernacular language. Instead, they pronounce our names so badly, they pronounce our places in, in, instead of Mpumalanga, Mpumalanga, Iwatwat, they put the I where it's not supposed to be, the E where it's not supposed to be. I, I think we, 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 the, the priority is for us to deal with a, a high cost of uh, a, 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 a tickets, a high cost of the currency, before we can go to this language business, because uh, it doesn't help people on the ground. Uh, for the middle class and those who, are, who have got money, I think maybe it will work for them. But they must not come and try and, and, and introduce something that is not going to help us. What does this going to help us with? You know, uh, we are not colonized by the foreign here in South Africa. We're colonized by uh, the African and the English. And uh, we have enough of speaking our, our colonizer's language. Because whenever we go out, we must communicate in this English. And now bring Mandarin and bring all this nonsense. I don't think it, it works that way. Sorry for my language. But uh, we have to actually go to priority things that uh, really affect people on the ground. This has nothing to do with the uh, development of the people and empowering people. Yeah, I hear you when I say so that, you know, there's things that need to be done and they are priority. Um, yeah. Maybe put this one at the bottom of the priority list, but it's something that would hold. Yeah, it should come last, man. But we should come last. We shouldn't check ourselves as Africans it. and colonize ourselves again. Yeah. I don't think this is worth it. Mm, okay. Some of us, you know, have actually suffered enough under apartheid. Our parents, our grandparents, you know, growing up in London and the USA. You feel it, you are a black person. Now you're going to go and invite, you are already suffering on this currency issue, flying, uh, just get a, a banana, banana. They are coming back home tomorrow. They have to fly to Qatar. I've done that route several times. You have to fly to Qatar or Dubai. You can't fly straight to Africa. And now we want to colonize ourselves with these languages. Let's remain what we are, organic as we are. Mm. They must learn our languages mm. themselves.
Yes. Well, you cannot go invite slavery again for ourselves. We are already having enough with the slavery business. All right. You know, they must learn our languages. Them. Thank because you. They, they so I, I need to, to let you go. I need to let you go. Okay, Thank you very sure. much for calling in. Um, uh, Coffee, I'm going to play a, a couple of voice notes, right? And then you'll be able to, to weigh in on what Vuiswa has said after that and these voice notes. Is that okay with you? Okay, but before you do quickly, okay. here we are. This is a, this is a, a simple paradox. We are speaking English, another yeah. European language, yeah. and and we're debating the idea that we should encourage our natural language. So this paradox, we need to deal with it. Mm. And, and and we deal with it just slowly but surely, right? Because it takes yes. one bite yes, to finish an yes. elephant. You can't just gulp it down. So these conversations open our minds up and our thinking up to what can be done. We are not saying we don't like a particular language. And from what I'm reading mm. from your article, mm-hmm. you're just saying, mm-hmm. let's be relevant to who we are as Africans. And my point of view is we've changed the South African flag. We've altered the South African national anthem to include most of the South African languages, not all of them. Uh, but we've, you know, we, we have done so much changes. And I think these changes symbolize the fact that we want to be authentic to who we are as South Africans. Um, and this is part of that change. Let's go to the voice notes. Good evening, practitioner. You're speaking to Debo. I'm listening to you guys talking about the passport and having this French language on our South African passport. This reminds me of the question that I raised today on my colleagues, my best driver, JM17. It's Queen Elizabeth. As Queen Elizabeth drive normal road, like Johannesburg. Then my question was, do we have Queen Nandi in London? Normally, is there any Queen Nandi here drive here in South Africa? It was it just raised a question. Jigimut, since Queen Elizabeth parat nomkwako, age was since I only Queen Nandi maybe. Normally, go from seven. Thank you, this practitioner. Good evening, I am Sharon from Jorwick and I just wanted to uh, add that um, I think that our passports should be in English really because um, we need to look at the power that English has. For example, if I'm going to uh, Switzerland and I produce a passport that is written in Corsa, you know, it might take them longer for them to find someone who's going to translate what is on our passport and I might have to be delayed but if it's in English then it's going to be much better because a lot of people can speak in English and they'll be able to understand what is written on our passport as much as we want our indigenous languages to be there we have to uh, think about what consequences that is going to have thank you so much hi Mampemba. Uh, I'm thinking the issue of French in our in our passport uh, like really need a serious intervention, an intervention that would conclude on saying let us remove it. The reason being is that uh, if we're saying we're putting French because France or French uh, because of our visit habits, we people visit China, I've been in Singapore, uh, people visit uh, Spain and, and the likes. So does it then mean that all those languages should be on our passport? No. Uh, another thing is, is uh, internationally, yes, English is a medium of communication. Uh, I I doubt that you'll reach a country where there's no uh, interpreter from their local language to English. 
So, yeah, as much as I'm not happy with English, but at least it's better. Uh, my name is Adam from Hokwan. <coughs> as much as you disagree with that man who called earlier, but I concur with that man. Because, first of all, you quoted the, the Chinese that they are using Mandarin and they've got interpreters. Yeah, then if you, in the, in the South African term or in the South African question, if you don't have an interpreter, because those people are paid. So a French is one of the international languages around the world, especially in Africa. So removing French or uh, being against French, it's just, I don't know. Mm-mm, it's just I don't know, man. Even me, I'm feeling I don't know, man. I'm listening to all of this, and I think we're losing the point here. Um, by no means, as Coffee saying, uh, only have this is Zulu. Have English, which everyone can read and understand. You'll go past your borders. You'll travel. Don't worry. But he's saying, instead of having English and French, why not then replace French with an African language? So we are proudly South African. And we are not saying get to Singapore and speak is it Corsa or Chivenda? But we've lost it. But nonetheless, Kofi's still on the line and he's going to assist us and just recap what the purpose of this conversation that is based on his article is saying. I've got a feeling that Kusa se kude Pambi lingia pinda. Kofi? Yes, I mean, it's a, I, I expected that. I've heard people attempting to be very practical um sort of uh, denying their own uh, identity and languages to the um, to the to the, the the advantage of English I mean uh, just listen to this uh, voice note saying you know I let's keep it in English so that when I get to wherever it is in English or a Heathrow airport in England London it's easier for me to get through my goodness what kind of lazy approach is that you know and and and, and I find it really to a certain degree, I wouldn't say insulting, but it's a form of retreat, you know. For some reasons, we're not taking some of these things seriously. So how do people take us seriously around the world? You know, they come in, they have English, they come in, they have French, they come in, they have Portuguese, and we're scrambling to find interpreters or reading them. But for goodness sake, when we get there, you know, there's not such a thing, or people say, no, you can't have this. No, it's not true. I mean, let me give you a simple example. About 20 or 25 years ago, um, I happened to be going to the, the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, many times. And the Congolese government was finding that there were a lot of planes coming from China with Chinese workers who didn't even have a passport and who couldn't even speak French at all because French is the official language of the Democratic Republic of Congo. So over time... The, the, the government of the Democratic Republic of Congo made some budgeting for such a group of people coming from China. Why can't they do the same thing on their side about South Africans visiting or Congolese visiting China? And I think um, this lazy approach that let's make it easier in English, to me, it doesn't wash. That's all I can say. And as, I, as you said again, and I, I agree with you in my article, it's to say Look, we just need one language, African language, in the passport. I don't know how difficult it is for people to buy into this. It may not be the most important issue, as I said, because 
We're now in the midst of all sorts of economic problems, societal problems, but there are people whose role is to look at this identity and sovereignty bound by South African languages. It must happen. I'm going to read some messages. We've got a. We were supposed to have another interview, and I'm going to apologize to our next uh, guest. Um, uh, but we're going to take our next guest tomorrow, Iviwe Mbutu. All right, speaking about uh, spatial planning in it education system. We'll have that conversation tomorrow. We want to give as much attention to our A-teamers comments because the lines are chock-a-blocked with messages, WhatsApps, and so on, and uh, A-teamers calling in. So we want to give our A-teamers an opportunity for the next nine minutes before we have to go to the news and really, really wrap up. So, Kofi, please stay with us um, so that we can at least tackle some of these. It's the first time, I think, as South Africans, we're having such a conversation openly. Um, And it's one that's quite interesting to see and hear everyone's uh, different point of view. I'm going to read this message. This one really made me a bit sad. It says, maybe when we finally get first world status, we can decide on these things. And they put a a laughing emoji saying, let's have signed language passport. That's truly international language. All right. (laughs) For me, such messages make me wonder. They make me wonder where our minds are as South Africans. What's your take, Kofi? Look, this is exactly the reason and the objective of my my op-ed, my piece, my article, to really start the conversation and figure out ways for representation of African languages. And this is not a space that we can have it colonized consistently by other languages and continuously find excuses to say no when we reach first world status. When are you going to reach that? And who gives you that status? How do you get, I mean, it, it just, you don't need, <laughs> but what is first world status? You don't need first world status to have a representation of your African languages in your on your passport. Not at all. These are very simple things to do. The shocking part, uh, things for me, why hasn't this been done, as you asked at the beginning? Right? And this must be done. And the role of this article is to make a call for such a thing to be done. Let me go to the lines. I've got uh, a fellow colleague, a team um, advocate, Sipo Mandula. Good evening. Uh, evening, Gogo and Brother Kofi. Kofi, I think uh, me and you have been taking this journey for long, and you have tested me at some point. But I wanted to say to the listeners, uh, the point they are missing is to understand that French uh, is a language of the diplomacy. Hence, the issue of international relations came through. And I wanted to add politics, international relations, meaning in the 17th century, one can say maybe French was a lingua franca. It was a language that diplomats were using. But I don't think it is so only when Kofi went back and said to us, but 1920, South Africa, apartheid South Africa was part of the League of European Brotherhood. We don't call it the League of Nations, some of us. It's the League of European Brotherhood, the League of uh, Europeans. But the point is that it is correct that after 1994, those who were in exile, for God, maybe when they were in exile, they did forget that those who were in exile, there was no need to be using this colonial document because it has colonized us to the point that we cannot even speak our languages. And even at the same time, I think Kofi was correct that for your passport, it even carries you to more than 100 countries. 
So we should know the veil of it. Yes, there are many priority issues, but why did we allow ourselves? And we know the French have already colonized the Sahel. And they are coming down here once more. And we have even TV presenters been given French awards in this country. And you ask yourself, who's really <laughs> writing the script here? So that is my take for this evening. That I think Kofi is he's, he's, he's trying to just reboot this talk to say, let us wake up and smell our African coffee. No longer the French coffee. Thank you. Thank you very much, Advocate Mantula. You went to places that we never imagined you'd take us to, but nonetheless, we are appreciated. We are going to take a quick break, and Kofi, when we come back, uh, we'll ask for your uh, comments so that we can start wrapping up our conversation. Patricia Ntuli. Wow, okay. I thought this was going to be a longer ad break. <laughs> It was a split second and that was it. All right. A-teamers, we're still in conversation with Kofi talking about uh, uh, decolonizing the South African passport. Uh, He wrote an article published last week, and I think it's a very interesting one. Um, And this is the conversation and debate we were having. There are some messages from you as A-teamers that I think we can go to quickly before Kofi starts giving us his uh, closing remarks. But before the messages, Kofi, Advocate Sipo Mantula um, made some comments and said you were working together and you know interacting with each other when it comes to such um, conversations. Tell us a bit more and 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 if we yeah. will ever get this passport to having a South African language <laughs> because South Africans don't yeah. seem to be up for it. Yeah, no, many of them will. It's like good, great ideas always encounter resistance, and this is one of the very simple one to claim a space of identity and sovereignty. So what came up is I was uh, I was uh, with uh, Advocate Mantula. We were the guests to JJ Tabani's show on Africa on um, one of those local TV stations, and we had a weekly show. And I brought it up and I asked both of them, and they didn't know. And not only they didn't know, many people were puzzled because they haven't even, as you were saying, they haven't even taken the time to look at that space on which a language is written. You know, very subtle things like that, that do frame the way we think, the way we express ourselves and so forth, which is occupied by something else. So this is how it came about. And they wanted me to give them the answer. And I said, no, I'm not giving it to you. I want you to go and do your homework. But most of them didn't do it. So I decided this year I will just put this thing on paper. And that was the, the backdrop of uh, my my relationship with uh, Advocate uh, Mantula and J.J. Taban on that TV show. All right, let's go to some voice notes. Good evening. Uh, remember, Mzanzi is called uh, Rainbow Nation, right? So what I'm saying is... um. You know, if if um, changing the passport, uh, the, the the French language on the passport, now if it's not gonna cost us any money in Zanzi, then you can change it. Then if it's gonna cost money, then no, let it go. Before they say, um, let's upgrade the passport, um, uh, like pay up to twenty million to upgrade the passport and so on. Nah, 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 nah. I say it's a no, no. You see. I say, ah, just let it go. If it's free, change it. If it's going to cost money, uh-uh, no. Good evening, Patricia and your guests and fellow SA from the listeners. Mark you from Mokrova. 
the last time I looked, the passport has got two languages, it's the English and the French. I agree. Why must, why must the French part be there? And in your application, you can mark, uh, leave it as French or put your language, your uh, natural language as a choice. English and Zulu or English and Khaza, English Afrikaans, or leave it as it is, English and French. Uh, what about just bringing a choice like that in with anybody's application to a passport? Thank you. I love it when uh, South Africans are bringing suggestions and thinking out of the box as opposed to just knocking down and talking money. It, it causes, listen, we are still waiting to hear certain things about our land. We are still waiting to hear about certain policies. We've got power issues. So the more we talk about money and don't bring solutions, that's when we're not going to see the land, the solutions, the power. The I love this voice note. Kofi, we need to wrap up. Give me your thoughts on this voice note. That was a suggestion and um, actually agreeing with this uh, particular conversation we are having. Yes. So to, to get back to my, my issue, and thanks for having me on board uh, to tease out a conversation about decolonizing this passport. And I would conclude with one of the paragraphs I have in my article, which says, you know, therefore, I call for the decolonization of the South African passport and the linguistic overthrow of the French language to be replaced by another South African language. That's the gist of it. And the way it's done, who's going to do it? We've got smart people at Home Affairs and then international relations with uh, um, Moswaledi and then Naledi Pando, who can help us guide this very simple issue of identity and sovereignty. I hope this conversation, or at least the piece I wrote, will help to clear out some of those things because if these small things are done, they build up and they help us. So that's um, what I'm going to conclude with. And thanks for having me. Thank you so very much, Kofi, for joining us and for sharing this article you have penned down. Let's uh, see what will come of it. Yes, thank you. Eight teamers, it's 11 o'clock and it's time for us to go to the final news bulletin. Straight after that, we are getting into our clairvoyant medium Mondays. Um, it would be advised that you start calling now so you can stand a chance of getting your reading with Shannon Walbrand on 11 It's off to the news. Good evening, Impostol.